Hey guys, welcome to the Kevin and Fred show. My name is Kevin Kaufman. I'm your host. And I just want to say thank you for taking some time out to listen with us this week. Do me a favor. If you don't mind, before we get to today's guest, head on over to ratethispodcast.com. That is ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA. That stands for next level agents. Ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA and leave us a review or just go to any podcast player that you prefer and uh, look us up, The Kevin and Fred Show, and please leave us a review. That is the best way to support our efforts here in the show. All right, let's get to today's episode. All right, we're back on The Kevin and Fred Show and today joined by friend and new guest, first time guest, uh, Megan Barry Kincaid. How's it going? By the way, is do you go by both last names or no. do you just use Kincaid? Just Kincaid. Uh, but when you run a business and you've got one last name, it's really hard to ditch it after a couple of years. It really is, right? <laughs> so I still call people and they're like, Megan Barry. And I mean, it's, uh, I'll, I'll not correct them. Uh, but just Megan Kincaid, no, no hype, nothing fancy. I have like slash. So that way I'm like, cause in my mind, for whatever reason, when I meet someone, whatever their name is that in that moment. Right. It's ingrained for the rest of our like relationship. Like I can never get past that. Right. So I have to write people's names next to it. I'm like, but I can't get rid of the old name. Cause then I'll be like, wait, who is this? Wait, who? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So at any rate, it's good to have you here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Uh, me too. So Megan, gosh, where do we start? Here's what I actually, here's what I want to talk about. Um, let's start with just kind of as like a jumping off point. How long have you been in real estate? Like what year did you actually get into residential real estate under however you want to consider that? And then I want to talk about like kind of your previous life when we first met in, okay. in the real, in the business world. Sure. So, um, I would say I started in 2009. Okay. I got my real estate license in 2010. Um, but started out 2009, summer, 2009, um, knocking doors. That sounds so fun. <laughs> not really yeah yeah so picture it um in the summer, summer by the way dead of summer yeah I was in college still college student who hated you um, Jeez. <laughs> uh knocking doors of pre-foreclosures so um oh. a lot of times I was notifying people that they were in foreclosure not fun um but ultimately I was, I was knocking doors on behalf of an investment company. We were out there just looking for deals, looking for deals to buy. Yes. So how, how did you get there? Like what, so you're in college and then yeah. you're like, Hey, I'm going to real estate sounds sexy. And then next thing you know, you're knocking doors at 110 yeah. degrees. Yeah. Like, how did you go from, hi, my name is Megan. I'm a college student to, I think I should apply for that job. Yeah. Well, anybody who's knocked doors knows that they never advertised that you're going to be knocking doors <laughs> right in the job ad. Fact. So um, definitely didn't know what I was getting into, but um, always loved houses. I studied housing and urban development. So I was on that track um, and just had an interest. So where do I jump? But onto Craigslist um, and <laughs> And found an ad, you know, for an investment company. It sounded sexy. It was exciting. And Craigslist, like, wasn't as creepy. Well, I was going to say, like, if we think about it, though, like, go back to 2009, like, yeah, Craigslist is the place you would think to go first. Yeah. Like, that was the place then. Yeah, yeah. That, there was no Indeed, you know, like, that was where yeah. you looked for a job. So um, I answered an ad, I uh, bopped into this office and, you know, met with some dudes who were hustling deals. <laughs> that is the best way I can describe it. Um, 
their office was like a locker room. Uh, but like it actually smelled like one yes. or just, okay. Yeah. I'm not Sounded surprised. Like one, smelled like one, all of the above. Um, but they were all about, you know, you don't need any experience. We'll show you the ropes trial by fire. This is the best way to learn, you know, ground zero. And quite frankly, at the time and where we were in the market, there weren't a lot of jobs yeah. for it was a the wild real time. estate space. Like yeah. a lot of people were leaving the business. Yep. Um, there weren't like, you know, polished internships that you were really <laughs> able to sign up for. So, um, I went the complete opposite direction. Uh, but you know, they told me I was the first kind of line of defense, um, in bringing properties into the company and that, you know, it'd be a fast growing position. <laughs> All, all of the line they used all of the all sales the lines, lines y'all hey, on you yeah that was i was sold and uh they were good salespeople. so i guess that was that was the first lesson right there but um yeah so i started knocking on doors i i i map it out in MapQuest. you know i had probably 20 to 30 doors to hit a day wow and i pounded the pavement like i was not going to be told no so how long did you do that for probably like three months so just about like a every month day, in, like every day, every work day. Roughly, yeah. Yeah. And um, about a month in, I was like, all right, you know, I see the energy in this place and I see that they're like doing deals and I, I want to learn. Um, but this is sketchy as as it can be. Yeah. Um. There was so much for okay. So I feel like I should we're obviously recording this in person, which means we're both in Tempe, Arizona today. Uh, so you're, you're local in this market. Yeah. So back then, like in 2009, like there was an, there was a, an above average chance that, that it was sketchy for sure. If you, if you worked for anybody that was hiring then, especially if they were working pre pre foreclosures, like it was such, it was such a dirty little world that we had it here. Was. It was wild, wild west. I mean, this was like right when short sales were happening to the point where like banks had like one or two people in their quote unquote, you know, short sale department. Yeah. Um, they were just figuring it out. And of course, you know, investors at the time saw a huge opportunity and they were just scooping up absolutely every property that they possibly could. Um, so certainly I learned a lot of things that are not kosher now, yep. um, but they were then. And uh, anyway, I, I about a month in, I told him, hey, I'm going to keep doing this as long as you want me to do this, but I think I can provide more value in the office. Like, let me come in. And I just nagged and nagged and nagged and nagged and nagged. I mean, I was uh, every day I was there getting my list. I stayed a couple hours after just hanging around asking if anybody needed help with anything. I saw a need with one of the partners in the business. Um, and so he was sort of my target. I, I, I nagged him to death, um, just pointing out things that I could do to kind of streamline his business and take some of the workload and, and provide more value than, you know, uh, a female college student knocking on doors. Um, so by September or so I, I got in the office. I feel like, so I have to pause from your story real quick for the listener. So if you, um, because you just said something that is something that I am always looking for and want other agents who are, or really any business owner to look for too, is when you have a Megan who is nagging you to help you, to push you to make your business better without the, re like you guys are just gonna have to trust me and we'll get there. She's amazing. And so, and you just didn't know it yet. And he didn't know it yet. And the rest of the industry didn't know it yet. But by the, 
I would have known it, not no nine, but like today, if you were, if that same girl showed up, I'd be like, we need to do whatever we have to do to groom her and help her grow her business. Because that is such a big sign of somebody who is going to make it happen regardless. And so many business owners just, they, they just look at it as nagging, literally like, yeah. Oh God, no, I'll get to it later. Like you, or you don't understand. I got to go do my deals. Right. Right. Um, and if we just, as business owners, if we just slow down and go recognize that you were just literally talent knocking on their door, begging to help that if we, when we allow that to happen, like our worlds get so much better, but I digress back to back. Okay. Back to your story. So they let you in the office in September. Like, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So they had essentially, uh, they were probably 10 or 15, um, guys who had, they were running door knockers under them. Okay. So door knockers job, go out, get somebody's name and contact information who says, yes, I would be willing to sell, bring that into the office. And then these guys would jump on it. So at the time, these salespeople who were also negotiating their own short sales and, you know, finding end buyers for these properties, everything in between, they were also making these lead calls and, you know, trying to get an appointment to go look at the house and make an offer, et cetera. So I essentially, um, on top of just giving a lot of administrative support, um, would take, would be the first step to that, to that call or contact information that came in. Cause what I found as a door knocker was I was bringing a ton of these lead sheets in and then finding out that they weren't getting called or that it would be like five or six days before they got called. Oh and so, you know, and that anybody who generates leads is like, no, don't say that. <laughs> like, that hurts um, my soul. But also anyone who's run a big sales team knows that, that happens. So yep. anyway, I said, you gotta have a first line, like you gotta have someone that's making these calls immediately when they come in. So that's, that was kind of the next step. Um, and I did that, honestly, I did that piece I spoke to homeowners and kind of talked through the process of getting an offer on their home, what their home was like, spitballing values um, from day one until, well, gosh, I still do it, um, you know, but that, that concept, yeah. um, I always did. And I became really good at that piece. Um, but so that was kind of the first step. Like I would essentially take in these, these leads off the street vet them, um, get them kind of set with expectations and then get someone out to essentially sign, sign them up. So fast forward for me just a little bit though. Yep. So you, you're, you're learning this process of taking listings and or either listings or opportunities to buy, to buy properties, right. To yep. invest in, right. Yep. Whether that was, were these like wholesale properties or were they flips? They were combination? Flips. So flips. Okay. yeah. So that business at the time, um, we were pretty much exclusively flipping. It's okay. pretty challenging to wholesale a short sale. Um, yeah. Not to say we didn't try, uh, but it's possible. It's just not worth the effort. <laughs> Been there. Yeah, it's possible. And they were very creative about flipping very quickly. But um, essentially, it was it was contracts to buy and to flip. So 2009 to 2012, I worked for a growing fix and flip fund. Um, and that's pretty exclusively what we did, fix and flips. And then, so you, I think the first time I actually met you, you in person was um, like middle of 2013. Yep. We were at dinner in Tempe with a small group of people, yep. Bernie and Dustin set that up. Mm -hmm. And um, so you had, you, you'd already had a, 
business partner at that point, right? And yes. kind of started doing your own thing. Yes. What, so tell me a little bit about that. Like, what was that business like? And I would love for you to also kind of share what that developed into, because you guys built something pretty big. Yeah. So um, we worked, so the, the guy that I nagged, um, <laughs> and he'll laugh when he hears this, um, ended up being my business partner. So we worked together within that larger organization um, from 09 to 12, nearly end of 12. And he was essentially became the portfolio manager and I was head of acquisition. So um, we acquired properties for fix and flips, grew the investment from 500,000 to, it was probably over 5 million when we left. Oh, wow. Tons of relationships with banks and, you know, greater kind of um, organizations that got us deals. But um, it was a big operation. Um, we decided and the end of 2012 to part ways with that business and um, go out on our own. Super scary for me because um, I was pretty young and- Were you still uh, in college? No, I was out of college. I had just bought my first house okay. um, and was leaving like a pretty big gig. We had a, we had a good thing going with that company, Yeah. Um, but we saw an opportunity. We were really acquisition specialists, um, my partner and I. Um, very focused on getting the deals and we were really good at it. And we had a lot of people that would reach out and say, Hey, you know, we love some deals over here. And we were pretty well tied, you know, in with, yeah. with the company that, that we were with. So we saw an opportunity, um, broke off at the end of 2012 and started what would become the investor hub. I think we went through a couple, um, <laughs> a couple wonky, names. wonky names and, you know, websites and all that good stuff before we landed there. But, um, yeah. So around start of 2013, the investor hub was born and really is exclusively built at the time as, as a wholesale vehicle. So, um, we were going to take our kind of acquisition, uh, machine and, um, find deals for a network of investors, which we had already sort of started to build just by reputation. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, and my partner had been in the business longer than I had and, and was pretty well connected. Well, the, I mean, the investors and agents and stuff in the market, like they know, like if you have the deals, like they eventually people find out. And so like they're, yeah. they come to you. Do you mean, I know this is like really um, like first grade level, but for, because the, most of the listeners are kind of more of a traditional agent, sure. give us in, in your words, what, what the hell is a wholesale? Yeah. Like, what is that? Yeah. So essentially it is where you, uh, go out to a homeowner, get the property under contract, and then sell that contract for a fee. So you're going out as a buyer, you're putting the home under contract, um, and then offering it out to a network of investors, or could just be one person that you know, right? right. Um, in exchange for a fee. Now, occasionally you'll actually sell the property, take title to it and resell it. Other times you just assign your interest in the property for a fee. Okay. Um, so no representation. It wasn't the traditional kind of agent route. So while I was licensed, um, I wasn't working, you know, really as an agent, but more so as, as an actual buyer. Let me ask you this question. I always think of like, so I understand the wholesale business or, I mean, I don't, I, I understand that I don't understand it. Right. Sure. And I understand conceptually what it is. Yeah. Um, one of the questions I've always thought is like, if you, okay, if you, if you can wholesale a deal, that means you, you like you got a good deal. Isn't there a better deal in it then if you can then flip it and add the value to the property? And if that's true, 
why not do both? I'd love to hear your, your answer. I, I like, I have a reason why I think I would maybe do one or the other, but I'm curious as to what your answer is. Risk. Risk. Okay. So that's just purely mitigating risk there. There's no risk. If you're not taking title to the property, there's no skin in the game required. Okay. So while we did eventually start flipping properties and sort of um, taking one-off deals here and there to flip because we saw a big opportunity, more often than not, we were buying the deals that we could not sell that we believed in. Um, But I think part of what set us apart from our competition is that we did not cherry pick the best deals for ourselves. Yeah. Um, and that was something that we weren't competition to the investors on our list. That's okay. Right. So we were a source for them. We were always seller direct. So we did not sell other people's deals. It was our own relationships with homeowners. We only worked with people that we knew would deliver on the contracts. We always had capital to close them if we needed to. And like I said, the deals that we did take down were typically the ones that somebody bailed last minute or we couldn't sell, but we believed in for whatever reason. Um, and so I think you got to pick a lane. Um, I, I question a lot of times people who wholesale and fix and flip, because to me, their wholesales are going to be deals that aren't that good. Um, but everybody's business model is different. Even if they are, and you're a buyer on their list, you're wondering, you're wondering, you're always wondering like, yeah, is there, why didn't they just take this down themselves? Right. Yeah. Right. So we kind of took that out of the equation. Um, and we also just looked at it as a more volume play, like the amount we had just come from fix and flipping. We knew the amount of work and staff and oversight that went into that, um, and raising capital, like there's just so much to manage there. We sort of thought, you know what, we're experts at getting homeowners in the door and ready to sign an offer. Um, let's just do that over and over and over and over again. I love, that's like the conversation you and I just had prior to recording yeah. about doing something over and over and over again. We we're talking about more traditional business, uh, which I do, I do want to talk about in a moment, but let me ask you a question. This is totally hypothetical, but it's, it's something that just came to me. Let's say we'll go back to 2013. Mm-hmm. Let's say you guys had decided to be the flipper instead of the wholesale. Yeah. Would, would you have been in, do you think you'd been an exclusive flipper and, and never wholesaled? Probably not just because I knew the option existed. I think, you know, depending on the workload that you had, you know, you might decide to wholesale a couple here and there. Um, so I was just wondering, like, cause yeah. with, with your answer of like risk, I was like, Oh, I, I hadn't thought about it from that standpoint. I know that's obviously part of it, but um, the thing, the first thing that came to my mind was like efficiency of like, I can be the expert at this one thing. It's really hard to be an expert at more than one thing, tr- right. truthfully. Right. Um, at least not without a big time horizon. And when you're brand new and a couple of years in, like that's not enough time to be experts right. at mo- at multiple things. So I was just curious. That was more of a, that was a personal selfish question that, yeah. that I asked. Um, so how, tell us more about the bit, like where did that business end up like running to? Cause what we're going to get to eventually is like, I remember when you're like, you effectively said, Hey, I'm, I'm never, I remember seeing your Facebook posts of like, Hey, I'm going to go be like a quote unquote regular agent, which is what you had spent your whole career to that point, not being, Yeah. but take me up to that point. And then we'll sure. talk about kind of like Megan, the realtor. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, so we started just my partner and myself, Steven for shortening of this story. Um, and, 
uh, tiny little office that we shared, you know, our desks back to back and uh, just started hustling deals and um, did that for quite some time. Um, we got to a point where, you know, we kind of saw the opportunity to scale this business and um, bring on a team and, you know, put our put some space between homeowners and ourselves, honestly, um, and making sure that, you know, the leads were getting the attention that they needed, much like most real estate businesses, you know, yeah. grow and change. Right. So, um, we brought on a team, we got some, you know, transaction coordinator and guys out knocking doors and meeting with homeowners and the cycle, you know, sort of repeats. Um, and so we built a pretty good presence, uh, in Phoenix and then, and I, I'm trying to think of the year and I couldn't tell you, but, um, a couple years in, so maybe somewhere around 2015 or so, um, we started thinking, hey, you know, we've really got a machine built, right? So we know how to get the phone to ring. We know how to turn that into appointments. We know how to turn that into contracts and contracts are dollars. So um, can we apply this anywhere? Um, and so we started looking at similar markets that might be a good, you know, kind of place to sort of test our model and ended up with offices in Vegas and Denver. Yeah. Um, so Vegas, obvious, obvious option, right? Yeah, totally. um, very similar market, very similar housing stock. Um, it was an easy, easy transition. There were already some Phoenix people sort of curious about that market. So they were sort of our first foot in the door. And then with our past relationships with sort of banks and kind of big fix and flip machine, we sort of really easily made some awesome connections there and hit the ground running fast in Vegas. So same thing, we just plugged in a really tiny little team um, and got them going. Denver was next. Um, same, same concept. So Denver was a risk for sure. Um, different housing stock, much different majorly. Yeah. So we learned a lot about basements and moisture and all that weird stuff that comes the outside so of the Arizona. soil testing yeah. and all. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. So crazy. Um, uh, but we loved the city and it was just yeah. a cool, it was kind of like a dream spot. Um, and so we opened an office there. So at the largest, the business was probably like 25, 30 employees between wow. the three States. That's a lot. It was a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. Um, how many, like if you had to guess, and I mean, maybe you don't have to guess, maybe, you know, like how many deals do you think you've been a part of, uh, in that time? It would be a guess. It would be a shot in the dark. But I think, you know, when things were going great, we were probably running 30 deals a month. We probably wow. did this for a couple of years. So, yeah. That's quite a bit. Lots. Okay. So I, I referenced it earlier. So I remember seeing your Facebook post. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, Megan, who like who I always viewed as like the person who runs the machine that, that finds all of these deals in multiple cities and multiple states is, is, is like I going to step away from the business that she built yeah. that you and Steven built together. Yeah, yes. And you were going to go and kind of, um, if I remember right, that kind of coincided to with close to baby one, number one. Yes. Right. And so it was like, that was a big change in like personal life and in business life. Huge. Was it the personal change that brought on the professional change or was it kind of just sort of a natural kind of tie off to that? It was, it was absolutely a personal change. So, um, in 2018, I had my daughter end of 2018 and when on maternity leave, um, came back. So, you know, 
so many changes happen and any mama that's listening to this and any parent really knows that your world life perspective is completely changed Upside down. the moment yeah. that, you know, you bring this new little life into the world. And so, um, I changed, I changed, uh, in a big way. And when I went back to work, which I was thrilled to do, um, and anybody who knows my personality knows that I was not going to stay down long, not that I don't love being home with my, my little ones, but, um, I was excited to get back into the office and quite frankly, the business, the investor hub was my first baby. I poured heart and soul into the business, into my partnership, which was like nine years in at this point. Um, and I loved the business deeply. Um, but when I came back, I just, I noticed a change in myself in the way that I viewed it. Frankly, it's kind of like, I have a real baby now. Um, and I can't give to this baby as much as I have up until this point. And even though we had built an awesome team, um, it still required a lot of you. And, um, it was a lot of management. So again, we had, you know, a team of employees. I was very far from talking on the phone to homeowners. Um, it was very numbers driven. Um, it was a lot of meetings. It was a lot of, you know, kind of just operations was sort of more my focus, managing salespeople and, you know, sales managers that are listening are laughing because they know what that's like. Um, it was a lot. And so I kind of, I hung in for about a year. Um, and I would say I was having like a pretty deep internal conflict because I didn't feel as, um, tied to the business as I had before. And so I got to a point really where I was like, this just isn't fair, right? Like I can't be in the position that I'm in as president and co-owner and this partner, you know, and, and be feeling this way. And so I had that conversation with my partner at the end of 2019. So almost a year later. Um, and it was hard. I would say how hard was that for you to like, even start that conversation hard. You had to have it with yourself first yes, and then, and then come to grips with it and go like, okay, this is real. Anytime. And that could all, I mean, um, and then to go, then to have to go to Steven, I'm sure was like a whole other, like another mountain to climb. Right. Yes. Um, and I told you when I, when we were texting about just when I said, Hey, like we should do a podcast. Part of the reason why though, is one of the things I loved is the fact that you have really been clear about I'm a mom and I'm a, and I'm a real estate professional. And I've always admired your, on the, on the investment side, like your business acumen, what you, what you guys built was so awesome. And it was like really easy. It was kind of fun for us to kind of like almost ride shotgun with you to kind of see what you guys are doing in the same markets that we were in and, and watch that. And then you're like this big shift and it's very clear that you're, I mean, you are like, to me, first of all, to make that big shift, to be as honest with yourself as you were about as much as you put into this, I cannot do it like that anymore. And then to shift and then to be able to still be a business person and a mom, like you're not, it's, you're not like one you're, you're doing, you're doing them both at a high level. How did you, was that like a hard transition for you? I'm sure it was hard. That's a dumb question. (laughs) How hard was that? Or maybe what was the surprising part of that transition for you? Yeah. And what's that like for you today? Yeah. So I would say it was twofold. Um, I think when I finally 
was all done. So it was kind of, it was a long transition, right? So end of 2019, we had the conversation and then, um, I didn't actually exit the business until right around March, 2020. So funny timing, yeah, real good timing. felt like terrible timing, very right. scary. Um, so I kind of put my head down for a couple of months and sort of got my ducks in a row. Um, but I would say in the beginning, I sort of had an identity crisis a little bit on the business side because I had been this, right? I had yeah. been so established and pretty vocal about like what my business looked like. I always had a real estate license. I always did some deals here or there, but I wasn't like what someone thinks of when they think of a realtor. Right. I, you know, I was more on the investment side and, you know, I was like a president of a company, you know, and now I'm just like a nobody <laughs> starting from the very bottom. Right. So it felt, um, it was hard. It was emotional. And it, that caught me off guard because I felt really ready. And I felt very strongly that I was making the right decision for myself. Yeah. Um, but when it all was said and done, it was very emotional. It was like, I had to grieve almost like that phase of my life. And, um, at the same time, what's been the most fun about it is I did come out of the gate, like very clear about how my business was going to look. And it's a word I use all the time. And my clients are probably sick of it, but like intentional, right? Yeah. Like that was just something that resonated deeply with me is that if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to be away from my baby and I'm going to, you know, be out here hustling again, um, I want it to be very intentional. I want it to look a certain way. I want to design um, a life that I love and have a business be a part of it. Not the business is my life, which yeah. is sort of the mentality that I had taken up to that point. And it's, it's amazing how things come together when you're very clear with yourself and with your messaging about what it looks like that um, kind of just starts to happen like that. Yeah. And so that's, what's been the most surprising. I thought I would have to work a lot harder. It's what's well, kind of like that cheesy saying, which I'm going to, I'm going to butcher, but like the, the gist of it is like, when you're, when you are really clear and you're intentional about it, like the world will conspire for you, not against you. Like yeah. when you're really, it's again, so Megan and I were having a conversation with it, with a newer agent, like new licensee prior to this. Yeah. And we're kind of talking about getting, um, getting the businesses going. And we talked a lot about being intentional. And the reality is, is once you do that, like stuff starts to get out of your way. Like not that it's easy or that it's, you know, that everything just falls in your lap. But when you're really clear about what you're willing to do, what you're not willing to do, when you're willing to do it, how you're willing to do it, yeah, everything else kind of just goes, oh, like the stuff that's not for you goes, they realize it and they're like, oh, like I don't need anything. I'm, I'm gonna stay out of Megan's way because I'm not for her right where, and then the stuff that is for you, the stuff that is attracted to, to what your intention is, is like more like a magnet and they can't not be around you. Right. Right. And it just, you, you feel so much more aligned. Like I, I said, you know, that first year coming back after having my daughter, I had a lot of feelings of conflict um, and not necessarily just leaving the house and going out and going to work, but it just didn't feel the same. And it didn't, it didn't feel aligned. It didn't feel aligned with what my business needed and what I needed personally. And what, you know, sort of that blended life that I wanted to live and build. And 
um, having now like been at it, you know, two years or so, um, I've, it's just so much easier. It's just, you know, there isn't that feeling of conflict and, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's been surprising and it's been, um, it's been a relief. It's been awesome. And I, not to say that I don't miss, um, the parts of, sure. you know, my old business. Cause I yeah. do, and I'll say that they're killing it. So, you know, they're that, that makes it easier, yeah. um, that they're still going strong and, um, you know, that that baby that I left is still doing really well. That certainly makes it easier. Um, and I, and I miss pieces of it, but at the same time, um, you know, the things aren't that the activities really aren't that different. Uh, but I get a lot more of the emotional piece, which some people are like cringe, you know, that's the part I hate about this business, but having been where I've been in my experience, I really have enjoyed working with traditional buyers and sellers and like how excited they get and, um, you know, like giving them keys and doing that whole thing is like been so rich for me, um, 12 years in, like it reminds me of, back then. It reminds me of like door knocking and I take myself back there. Anytime I'm doing something new or out of my comfort zone, just like remembering that feeling and how exciting, you know, it is. And somebody's like, yeah, you know, I'll sell, like, I still get that. And, and so that's, what's cool about it. It's very different, but it's, it's very the same. That's awesome. Um, one of the things I want to say, first of all, what's the best place for people? Like what's the best place for people that want to like, kind of follow along, whether like Instagram or Facebook, like how do you, what's the best way for people to kind of catch up with you? I would say Instagram for sure. I'm pretty active there and that's a pretty good glimpse into my life and and my business. Um, And that's Megan Kincaid real estate. Cool. And we'll, we'll link to that in the show notes. Um, One of the things I like, and you do a great job of it on, on not just on Instagram, but just being who you are is like, I'm a mom, I'm a business person. I'm, I'm, like I'm a person person too. Like you, yeah. we were t- just talking about vacation, right? Yeah. Uh, also a little while ago. And um, I think that's so important because there are so many people like our friend that we met with or even agents that have been in the business a long time where it's like, there's this guilt factor. Like not all, not everybody wants to go, you know, like you were like, I'm ready to go back to work. You realize something had changed in you, but there's still a lot of people are like, they're not, I think there's a lot of moms and I could be wrong because I'm obviously not one. Um, however, that are like, they're, they're, they feel like they have to be the mom that goes back to work right now and kind of stuffs everything else down or they, or they go and they're home all the time and they stuff everything else down and either way they feel guilty. Right. And you, to me, feel like you've managed to accept both of those feelings for yourself and make a business that works for you. And that to me is the best thing about real estate is that you could actually make that all work for you. And you're a great example of that. Absolutely. Is that, is that something that you've consciously thought about or is it just who you've been? I think it's, I mean, it, it's probably both. I mean, I, I think the biggest thing is being transparent and like and genuine in the way that I present myself. And so anyone who meets with me, like knows I'm a mom and knows that that's part of my life. And that's probably why they're attracted to working with me. Right. For sure. For sure. So, um, what, that makes easy is like, I don't ever have to feel like I'm making excuses or like, 
um, putting someone out by being a mom. Like I'm very clear about like, this is my schedule. These are the days that I'm home with my kiddos. And these are the days that I'm out like with you and hundred percent available. And again, it comes back to intentional, right? So I, I'm setting my clients up for the right expectations from the get-go. Um, but I also, um, and maybe it's, it's even stronger because I'm raising two little girls, but I really think that it's important for my daughters to see that, um, I find great purpose and gratification in my business and that that doesn't take away from them or from, yep. um, my being, you know, their mom and, and really sole chat, like main childcare provider. Like my husband's out doing his grind as well. And, and so, um, I found peace in that, that I want them to know that they can have that too. And if they don't want it, great. Like, but, um, that one doesn't take away from the other. It's not this, like, you know, um, and I'm making this hand gesture, like see what I'm doing, but, um, <laughs> it's not this one thing or the other, or, you know, we talk a lot about balance and, you know, whether the, the scale is balanced and it just, life does not work like that. Right. So it's more that a lot of things that I do are just side by side, hand in hand, you yeah. know, and I go through it just like everybody else. And I'm just really transparent about it. Like my nanny is off in Spain this summer and she is having a great time and, and, and mama is, is working and we, and we want her back. <laughs> and I am busy. I'm busy. But, um, but again, my clients are, are, they're cool with that. You know, they're like, I'm home with my kids this summer too. Like, let's go together and we'll stop the splash pad on the way, you know, yeah. back from looking at listings. Um, so I just find the more genuine you are about it and the conf confident that you're still going to provide the, an exceptional level of service. Like I have no doubt in that. Yeah. Um, I can do both. And moms are really good at that. Like we're really good at I think doing you guys a lot are of like, things at once. You guys are generally better than most yeah. Yeah. Uh, at that because you have to, like you're forced right. into it. Right. You're forced into it. It's second nature. Like, yeah. Well, things get need to get done. I'll get them done on little amounts of sleep yes. <laughs> sometimes. <right? laughs> yes, so, unfortunately. Awesome. Is there Megan, before we wrap up, is there any question I didn't ask you that I should have or anything about anything, whether it's about you or the business or maybe even, um, more general, and I'm sorry to put you on the spot like this. Maybe this is the one I should have told you about ahead of time. Just didn't know I was going to ask it. Okay. Um, is, or is there like a message you want to share, whether that just be specifically with people who are in your shoes or in the shoes that you were in or anything like that? Sure. Okay. Give me a beat. Right. Um, yes. So I would say, um, and you certainly don't have to have been in my shoes, whether it's having built a business or starting, you know, I've been in a lot of shoes in my career. Um, so whether you are just fresh out the gate and getting started, or you built something that you love and you are contemplating walking away, away from it, I would just encourage you to, um, like go within and really get, get real with yourself because the more honest you are with yourself and what you want for your life, the more intentional you are about like mapping that out, like get specific, like talk about what it looks like and what it feels like to be in, you know, perfect kind of harmonious place. Like, what does that look like for you in your life personally, professionally? And then just take one step today to like get there. And it might not be walking away from a huge thing. It might not be like signing up to get your real estate license, or maybe it is. Um, but I think getting clear on that, like you can't really go somewhere without a clear map, 
right? And yeah. so laying that out and knowing that it's okay to step away from something that feels really great and that you're really proud of, or that pays really well, or that, you know, whatever that reason is that's telling you not to step away from it, what's for you is going to be that much better. 100%. Yeah. That was awesome. I think we should end there. Okay. All right. Deal. Thanks a lot, Megan. Thank for you so much. Megan Kincaid, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks a lot for joining us today. You guys check her out, follow her on Instagram. We'll put the link in the show notes and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you, Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Bye guys. Did you enjoy today's podcast? Join the Kevin and Fred community, part of EXP Realty and partner with us today. You'll get free access to live trainings two or more times a month, live events and in-person masterminds, digital downloads to help you run and scale your business, and much, much more. To learn more and join our community, visit kevinandfred.com slash contact and contact us today. Not ready to join our community? No problem. Continue enjoying all this great content on our podcast for free.